mama, would you like to be my sunshine? We touch my game, we gon' turn this to ice on my neck, cost me ten times three. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. Uh, Shelby T. James is checking in with us saying, big props to Mahomes for taking the blame on those drop passes. Um, I mean, I, that's not something that I think I'm going to give him credit for because that's just who Patrick is. You know, um, I get it, Shelby, what you're saying, but at the same time, Patrick threw Patrick's got a lot of turnovers, and 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 he gets a pass on that much because he dazzles and he's got away with it and he's won some titles. But this is what I'm going to say before I leave this point about Kansas City. You know, the difference is, and I've said this before, that I think that everybody was a year early that stood in the whole Tyreek Hill conversation about they'll miss Tyreek. When I came in here during the summer, I kept – it wasn't about trolling Chiefs Kingdom, Kansas City Raw. It was nothing about that. It was what I have seen and witnessed over the course of my lifetime, really paying attention from the to the NFL, not just from a fan standpoint, but even trying to look at it from a professional look and keep my bias, fan pin, whatever, growing up out of the way. There was a lot that they were doing post-championship that they hadn't done before. And I said all along, I said, I'm not worried about Andy Reid and I'm not worried about 15. I'm worried about the others. And the truth of it is, in my opinion, as we put a bow that we just did on week 11, okay, in that time in the summer and the spring and, and, you know, camp and coming in, what it looks to me right now, besides the obvious of bros and Joes, is that the display of football that they're showing offensively, they didn't have the, in my opinion, they didn't have the focus that they did coming into last year. They didn't have the focus or the hunger to well oil this like a time machine to eat a well oil machine just to even look respectful. And the reason why I say that is because look at the climate last year in the off season in 2022. Okay. And going into that season, the 2022 season, they had to hear about, Oh, there goes Kansas city. Tyreek's gone. Patrick's number's going to drop. They're not going to be dominant without Tyreek Hill. Oh, they can't win a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. And they just use that as fuel. They just use that as fuel. And it's like, hey, we're going to take Juju Smister that everybody's given up on in Pittsburgh and thinks he's a clown. And we're going to take this and we're going we're gonna to show you. And they came out there and it took a while, but then it clicked. And it's like, damn, everybody started to say, well, I guess they, they went on and won a Super Bowl. Fast forward to this all season. You know what you're coming in with. You know what's on the roster. But the it, but you're coming off of your second Super Bowl in four years. It's Patrick Mahomes. Look, we proved y'all wrong. We're celebrating at the championship. We're calling some bronies. Travis is basically on SNL. Everybody, now Patrick is letting Travis eat on his commercials. Andy Reid's got his pass me with the McNuggies. Explaining the McNuggies. And the little up when you get here and you like, damn. 
Other people in the AFC, other people in there, they've gotten better. They've gotten good. And then now you're trying to figure on the fight, but you don't have that focus that you had last. Because last year was about proving everybody wrong. Because, like, how dare you think we're all just Tyreek Hill? And especially if you take that big bag Tyreek Hill and don't think about the comments, oh, uh, I've been over a little bit, man. I like 12, but, you know, two a little bit more accurate than Patrick. Look at all that fuel that I'm setting up for you. And then now you wonder why I was talking about this in the offseason. And you wonder why I've been saying what I'm saying about the San Rothstein. Because that matters. It might not matter in boxing. It might not matter in tennis, in NBA. It matters in the National Football League. I brought up the example of the 85 Bears. There's been other examples. It's the fact that it's hard to do. Because at the end of the day, man, go, go back to last year. With the Denver Broncos, the next team I'm about to talk about. With Russ having his own parking spot. Russ wants an office. You know, it was all about we're starving for a quarterback so much, we're just going to buy down and let Russ do what he wants. Now, look at what started to happen when you started leaking things. Teammates, oh, well, teammates turning on Russ. You don't think, even regardless of how much respect Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes had, and I'm going to leave Patrick out of this, but you don't think that there's guys in that locker room that's not getting the shot all that, then when things aren't going right, you're looking here about the Taylor Swift. You're looking here about hearing about podcasts, and you're looking about Travis' mom here. That stuff matters, man, and that is the reason why it is hard as hell to go back-to-back, and that's the reason. And I'm saying they're not going to do it, but that's hard as wise to build dynasties back back in the National Football League. And it's like life, man. It is easy. Not everybody is cut from that Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady DNA, man. Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan. Not everybody's cut from that, man. And it's okay. But I'm just calling it like I see it. And that's the truth of what's going on with the 2023 Kansas City Chiefs. What do you got? Well, that's really just the the thing is that the the going back to back is harder than it than people would expect, and so you you soak up the moment, you live in the moment. So I would I would, I mean, I'd fly out to Vegas and get a future for next year if the odds are up there on the Chiefs. If that board is posted, I'd fly out to Vegas and and get them for next year because then they're going to have to hear all this year. Um, you know, this this upcoming offseason, the same stuff again. But the problem is, on the offensive side, you're a year older. Andy Reid's a year old. You don't have years to play with. Well, you're, I, I don't think you're, Andy it's Reed's a, age well, no, is no, a no, I mean, well, it. first of all, Jonas, there's been a lot of coaches that's left for health reasons. We don't know that. Andy's a very big man. Andy's been coaching a long time. I mean, you're talking about getting up and off of flights, staying up 12. You're talking about head coaches putting in 12, sometimes 13-hour days. I mean, all that stuff, I'm not saying he's down to his last leg, but it ain't no just chalk it up. Well, oh, well, I'll just put a future on because next year they'll definitely do it. Uh, So the rest of the AFC just sitting on their ass. The rest of the NFC just going to sit on their ass and not try. No, man, it's it's hard to go back to back. Right. So when it's hard to go back to back, you got to have laser focus and everybody's got to be on it. And it starts from your two best players and your winners. Now, I think a lot of this has to be because, again, if the article's out there, he is halfway out the door already. I said that about Big Ben. I said that about everybody because that is a brutal sport, man. And when you get all that money in the bank, if you don't want to wake up on Tuesdays feeling sore and you can't move around and you've already got generational wealth and you're, you're taking care of your money, that is really hard. You know, that's what sets the T. Weezy's and the Kobe Bryant's and everybody's set, the Jordans, the Tom Brady. That's really hard to keep going. And Killer Trev is on his way about to, about to tap out and there's nothing wrong with that. 
He's got a first ballot Hall of Fame yellow mustard ugly jacket waiting on him. 877-37-GRIND. All right, keeping it moving uh, so we can look at some of these games coming up in the NFL this weekend. Granted that we'll be off. You just tune it in. Uh, we'll be off the rest of the week for the Thanksgiving holidays. Uh, looking at the Denver Broncos, before we look at the matchup between the Cleveland Browns that are coming in, uh, news broke yesterday around 5.30 Central Standard Time, 4.30 Mountain Time, that Kareem Jackson – um, had been suspended for four games. Um, and, you know, when I came in here, the first time that he got suspended, uh, pretty much I sit there and said, hey, you know what? I mean, you look at the hit in the Raiders game, you, you, you compile that with the other hit in the other game after that, um, I can sit there and say, yeah, they're probably going to send a message to him. And then at four games was the pill, and then he got some, and then we went, okay. So I kept it real, didn't blind it. This one right here, this is bull crap. And I told you, and I told Stop everybody, it. no, it is. Because if you look at the play, and, and this is the way I look at it, and I told everybody for the get-go, and Orange Nation, I told you, it's like joining a gang. When you get Sean Payton, you're going to inherit his beef and his old residue with the front office. This is slash Kareem Jackson reputation, and this is slash Bonnie Gates still spewing. First of all, let's talk about, and this goes, and I didn't have it on the docket, but this goes along the lines of what Tom Brady's talking about right now. You know, he did a little interview with Stephen A. Smith that's going viral about the state of the game and what's kind of going on. And you got to think, Kareem Jackson's been playing in the league a long time before these rules about this is what you do. But let's talk about that particular play. First of all, it wasn't flagged. That's one. And number two, you're putting, like, when quarterbacks go out to run, if you're going to line your quarterback up, this is what this is what uh, O'Connell did. You want to line your quarterback up in a running position almost and run him on the outside like that. We've got to look at really what the protection. That is a pad, and when you come in and he's coming low, that is a pad to shoulder and part of his helmet hit. Now, he's going to appeal it. The thing that, you know, it hurts with Denver, you know, there are other safety and lock. He's, he's dealing with an ankle injury. So I don't know if he's going to be back this Sunday or not. But I think, and I agree with the, I shared the tweet that Justin Simmons about a video with the Baltimore. It, first of all, it's been inconsistent. That is a reputation. We've got to make an example out of somebody because, again, we've got to show everybody that we really, really are going overboard to make this game safe. But I don't think that that was nothing about – me personally, when Kareem Jackson was with the Texans, when he came over there, I don't – Kareem Jackson is not a dirty player. He's a physical type of player. Now, I understand a lot of it's getting – like I said, I, the, the first one, the first suspension, I could see that because they were too sick. This is a play that doesn't get flagged, and this is not a quarterback in a pocket. This is a design run out, and he's coming in, and the quarterback basically leads, and he leads with his shoulder pad, and then part of his helmet touches the helmet because Dobbs is laying in there. Four games, but I get it. I, understand. I know what it's about, but it's much malarkey. It's not about that, Cal. Oh, it's, sure about, it's about leading with the helmet, which they're trying to remove from the game. It is the helmet-to-helmet contact. You see Dobbs, and then Dobbs had to be pulled from the field. Whether they called it or not, that's an officiating thing. All right? And so whether Justin Simmons' last year got called or not, you didn't want to talk a couple weeks back, you didn't want to talk about the inconsistency 
in officiating. No, and consistency of that. Y'all yeah, are no, complaining no, no, about no, no, everything. It's officiating across the board, Cal. Yeah. And that this is a piece of it, but you mm. didn't want to talk about that. Mm. Okay? So, you, you, you can't leave with your helmet. They're throwing, they're flowing, throwing that flag. Most he led every, with his shoulder. No, again, go I've back and... I've seen it that, ten times. Uh, t- he led with his shoulder and part of his helmet. Take, take, part of, take the glasses off, No, it's off, not. Cal. It's part of... Well, first of all, this, I'm not sitting there saying it's dirty. You're sitting there basically tweet. I, I came across a tweet you had about, oh, that's dirty play. He's not a dirty yeah. play. It's I mean, and, and, and the other day, you're like, oh, well, this is dirty. Oh, they're going to talk about dirty. Uh, do you, yeah, you, you, you want to go through it? Let me ask you something. Let me my roll of tweets. We were, can go were you watching, of tweets were you watching Cleveland Browns no, when TJ Ward played? Yes. Do, do you remember TJ Ward? And I, I think do. he put a Browns helmet on. Now, I understand we're different, world, different things, but you have a tendency to basically say what's dirty or they're dirty when basically there's TJ Ward. Uh, I, I love the guy that you, Miles Garrett, ripped a helmet off somebody's head at a quarterback. So, Years so, back so, and he so, got suspended so, so, for but, four, but, indefinitely the but, rest but, of the season. But what I'm telling you, sure. that is a reputation suspension because it whether the There's refs no meant it or not. No, 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 it's not. Here. It's not because you're not going to yeah, convince me. It, it's not going to convince me. I don't need to convince you. What I need to put out there is the other side of this. Okay, and the other side, he has a reputation. So let me ask you this: If there was no other, if you take that same play Sunday night. And you take the name off the back of the jersey, and there's not a guy that has an defense, and he didn't get flagged. Is he serving a four game suspension for that particular play? The way, uh, keep in mind, we're, ta- we're not talking about Dobbs in the pocket. We're talking about it. This is what the league needs to look at. When you want to run these quarterbacks out to scramble, this th- go listen to what Tom Brady's it, telling it, Steve it A. Smith. It it's ridiculous. A, a scrambling quarterback doesn't mean you can throw out how we the tack- tackling technique. That doesn't allow just to, to, to throw dirty hits. That's not that a dirty hit. It, it, when you lead with the helmet, it's a dirty hit. He led Cal. with his shoulder pad. It's a dirty man. hit. Cal. His helmet came down because if Dobbs, if you can run and you're running straight okay. ahead, uh, if, if and he went down, on, I can't have a conversation here. Well, it's not the but, glasses, but because but, I didn't have the glasses but, on the first time when but, he was suspended for green, I agreed with that. I don't no, agree you, with this. No, you fought the fact. That no, you didn't, you, you, no. Go back to the podcast. Yes, and I said, listen. You said he's got to send the message. He said he's going to get a message sent. And you said it should have been. You were down with the appeal. I don't know why you even got four games. Okay, so then you, it's just like you got caught, you fought, you said, hey, I, 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 I shouldn't be getting four games. The next game, the first game, you're back. You go and do exactly what they told you not to do again. So because you didn't learn anything, you, you didn't clean up your technique, you didn't take the time to reflect on the fact that you're tackling the way we told you not to tackle, this is not your first time getting fined for it. All season, and you're I'm gonna let you so keep talking because so, you're laying all the reasons why so, I know he so, got suspended. So, so we listened to you. We uh, we took your appeal. We said, okay, sure, maybe it wasn't that bad of a hit the first time. So we lessened your penalty to two games. You come out, you do it again. Okay, no, I think four, those two. I think those. Games. I think those two other hits were egregious more than this one. Uh, this is about physics, bro. This is about. I mean, I, I'm assuming you played sports in in, in college that you were active. So I, actually, I if you're okay or or high school, so you're taking a guy that's running full speed. And, and this is a violent game, man. This ain't tennis. So when he goes in to get there to get ready to hit him, to lead him with a shoulder, now Dobbs sees it comes and he ducks his head. What do y'all want Kareem Jackson? But, but, but what? Well, he lowered down a little bit because he saw the hit coming. So what y'all want Kareem Jackson to stop you, in mid-air, you don't, mid-motion? You don't lead with your head. It's not the fact that he, did, that, that he was tackling them. It was the way he initiated the tackle. Well, this is what you I'm— don't lead th- with this, your head. This is what I'm going to say. The parlay this conversation on— 
Didn't have it on the docket, but go look at it. Tom Brady is talking about where he feels the state of the game is at. And you, it's an interview he has with Stephen A. And the one point that I'm going to bring up that he brings up, because I want to go through all of it, but when he talks about the NFL is overboard with doing everything they can do to protect players on the field. And this is all about, this ain't really them giving a damn about their true health or whatever. This is giving them damn to stay out of courts and lawsuits. So when Tom Brady says, hey, we were once taught that, hey, the offensive player has to do a job of teaching him how to protect themselves as well, too. It's, it's, it's lowering the quality of the game. This is a physical sport. And I, and it's, I mean, you could have Kareem suspended six, eight games. He could come back and do it again. And I would sit there and tell you, in my opinion, I don't think Kareem's a dirty player. He's a guy that is basically 10 years in the league minimum, I think, started playing in a different era where rules were different, and then he's playing the one position in football, whether you change the rules from the front office or the towers of the NFL corporate office, that is a safety position that is put in the NFL that is supposed to be an enforcer position. It's going to be hard to turn that off from all these guys. That's all I'm just saying. But no, if he doesn't have Kareem Jackson and it's not flagged, he's not getting four games. That's all I'm saying. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro Dobell Tequila Studios. 
And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. All right, keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. And keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and the official whiskey of the professional bull riding tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. That is Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Um, so we can agree to disagree. I knew what it was going to be like in regards to league issues with this particular organization once Sean Payton took over. I said that in the summer in real time. Okay, I was I was on the just like the guy ringing the bell and telling everybody there's a big ass iceberg right ahead. So I so to me I get it and I understand what the position Kareem Jackson is in and what the league has already done to him because the one thing that I will say um, before we go to the phones the one thing I will say is that these officials as Jonas talks about the inconsistency these officials will miss holding calls they miss pass interference calls. Maybe some other ones, you know, five-year holding calls. Ain't no these officials don't miss roughing the passer and illegal hit calls, and it wasn't flagged Sunday night. That's all I'm saying. I watch. I'm watching a lot of games, and that's the reason why some people get pissed because you see a, a late yellow piece of laundry come by. Because out of the four or five officials in the field, nobody's missing a league roughing the passer quarterback call because a lot of them feel they get just junk. Look at last night. I saw. I mean, I saw Chris Jones. I saw him when he went to tackle Hurts. He landed sideways, like he tackled him in a different way. And this is what the rules got them doing now. Because of the courtrooms. I've seen that basically he almost leaned it sideways so he wouldn't get flagged. It's, they're having to do strange stuff with the body. So there's no legal hits and there's no basically roughing the passers that's being missed in 2023. Holding? Yeah. Pass interference? Yeah. Five yards holding? Yeah. So again, it wasn't flagged Sunday night. They missed one. The NFL is making up for it today from their letter. I, yeah, I don't believe they missed it. I believe it. the people in real time, it didn't really look like as bad as what the egregious of the name on the back of his jersey is looking like. But let's go. Let's go to the phones. Let's see what we got. Bronco 60. Bronco 60, you're here on the sports grind. What's going on, my man? Hey, this is my opinion, only my opinion. Hmm. And you know what they say about opinion. Yeah, we've all got one, Bronco 60. What's your opinion, okay. buddy? Okay, I've been watching football since the 50s, okay? Okay, you got me. And I'm I'm a baseball coach. I've been coaching 40 years plus, every mm-hmm. level of baseball. The things has changed. They don't want the more headhunters in football. And in baseball, they don't want us throwing the, uh, the batters with baseball. So all that has changed. So Kareem Jackson, there's, the majority of us are get, is not with on his side because – he, he needs common sense, man. It's like having four kids and you tell one kid or coaching a kid and tell him not to do something, turn around and he does it again. That's the same thing uh, Jackson is doing. And, and I mean, uh, he has a few friends that uh, is fighting for him, you know, ball players, football players. But the majority of uh, Bunko country is not happy. And that's all I got to say. 
All right. Thank you uh, for the phone call, Bronco 60. And like you said, beginning phone call, that's your opinion. And and my opinion is Kareem Jackson is doing what he's paid to do and what he's custom to doing. And that's what that position of safety was built for. That's what it entails. You know, there's different rules. We're not headhunting. You can't launch. You can't headhunt. But you're paid to be an enforcer. And, um, you know, it's hard to tell a guy in a physical game to do something and make his body do something different in, in a certain moment that that's, that's what that was. But my whole point of it is, is that fine, you spin him a game, whatever. I'm just saying that if he doesn't have, if it wasn't flagged and he doesn't have Jackson on the back of his jersey, nobody else is getting four games. And probably even as a, a repeat offender. I'm with you on the four games part. He, he, his reputation has earned the four games. Go back to the, the kid from the Texans. We talked about him the other day, too, for his hit on Jamar Chase last week. He got the four-game suspension for, yet again, delivering mm. another illegal hit. Uh, Mike Florio, uh, ProFootballTalk.com, notes the fact that, that, that uh, Kareem Jackson has been ejected from two games this season, fined four times this season for illegal hits, and then now you've got these two suspensions. So yeah, and I think all so, those... So, yes, the just like a speeding ticket, just right. like anything else, the more, the more you're a repeat offender... The more, the greater the penalty is because we've already told you, we've penalized you. Wow. You say that you're better now. You're gonna follow the rules. You go out and you do it again. Okay, well we're gonna penalize you more. Yeah. So yes, Kareem Jackson is getting a greater penalty than somebody who's delivering their first illegal hit of the season. Right. And I don't think. And again, just for the record, I again I didn't have a problem with his suspension or the hits. I said, hey, they're going to send a message because it was two games. And I'm just for the record, I'm in this particular hit, I don't think this is as egregious or egregious like those other two hits because of the play call that was played. They put the quarterback in that position. That's on them. And number two, it wasn't flag and there's no calls that's being missed like that. Those refs that night thought that that was like, okay, we saw shoulder, whatever. But like I said before, when we've got a thousand cameras and everything and we want to be like Sabruder film on everything, sure, you can dissect that. But at the end of the day, I respect Bronco's opinion. That's your opinion. Bronco 60's opinion. That's your opinion. And I'll sit there and say if I could have one, I'd be coming in today with a free Kareem Jackson shirt on. But let's get to the X's and O's of this game. They are hosting the Cleveland Browns, who are coming in this Sunday um, at 3 o'clock. It's going to be um, – we talked about it, you know, yesterday. I kind of said what the total would be. I think the total set at 35 and a half. And keep in mind, we're in a – I kind of brought it up, but I went. I think that we're – we have the lowest scoring rate in the NFL, I think, in the last 15 years. Uh, average scoring is down big time. Um, you can contribute that to a lot of stuff. Maybe that's what Tom Brady's talking about. Maybe it's better defense. Maybe it's bad quarterback play. Some guys are in the league that shouldn't be. I don't know. Uh, but this is going to be one of those games. It should be one of those games. Uh, it's going to be a physical game. And I think that, you know, the blessing in the skies, I think for Denver, the way things are shaking out is like, they were able to see Brian Flores' defense before going to play Cleveland because Brian Flores' defense really dictated the terms Sunday night um, in regards to they didn't allow Denver to do what they wanted to do coming down the second half of the season, and that's run the ball and run the ball. Sean kind of gave up on the run a little bit. I think that was one of those nights that he just felt like this is not going to work because you go look at it, I think Russ still had like over 30 attempts passing. Um, I believe that, you know, having a physical game against Minnesota 
kind of gets them prepared for what Schwartz is going to be given. Now, I put in the docket Schwartz versus Sean. I, I do think this is a lot of that. Uh, because I've been praising the praises of Schwartz, and it's going to be interesting once he looks at that film, what Brian Flores was able to do to enable Javante Williams, McLaughlin. I mean, Piron was a big – he played a big part in the last drive, Piron. I mean, the check downs, picking up first downs, he's been doing that the last couple of weeks. But being able to run the ball through the tackles, they couldn't do that for Minnesota and and – and let me tell you, Brian Flores is one of those, which I don't think Schwartz is going to do it as much as he did. But Brian Flores, over the last week, especially this season, he is blitz running a lot. And that's pretty much what he did to Denver. Um, this is going to be a field position game. Special teams is going to play a part of this game. Cleveland had their kicking woes in the preseason early on. Guys been able to go and rein the rings in, hasn't really missed any kicks. We know the history of basically Sean training some kickers, working them out. He decided to go with Lutz. Lutz has been a little shaky, has kind of settled it down the last couple weeks. This is going to be a big part of it. Marvin Mims leads the league in uh, returns and field position. I think that's going to be key, you know, um, in regards to a game that points are going to be at a premium. I think Cleveland probably had um, – a little bit more physical game with Pittsburgh uh, because that game is always, you know, kind of a hard fought game. And another thing I'm looking for, what I think is key, if you're Cleveland, besides not allowing them to run and making rust, because if, because if they got to throw the game, uh, the ball 30 to 40 times against Cleveland, they're going to lose this game. Okay. Speaking of the Denver Broncos, I think if they can establish a run and they can play field position and also the number one thing they've been doing is turning the ball over, being able to get turnovers, okay? They're playing a rookie quarterback who finally had some success, maybe settled down now. He's got his first win out of the way. Um, and I've said it even when Deshaun went down. This is still a roster that is playoff worthy. They might not be able to win the division, but getting a win against Pittsburgh last weekend was a good start. So it's going to be an interesting game. It's not If you hate defense and you want scoring and not ugly, That's this is not going to be the game for you. This is not going to be the game for you. Um, you know, like, again, it's, it's one of those to where Cortland Sutton, because to me, I don't know, what was the other receiver that stepped in for uh, Justin Jefferson, that Minnesota that has arose as the number one? Because I would like to look and see even what his stats were Sunday. Um, because you have to look at also when you're looking at Cleveland, if you're D Denver side and you're looking at, you know, Vance Joseph, you got to look at Amari Cooper and how do we contain him? Well, that's a matchup that I don't know if Patrick Sertain will be on him every, you know, possession, every series, but there will be some. But the one thing, if I am Stefanski, besides the trying to run the ball, if I'm Stefanski, I'm going to attack one place that Denver really, even though this defense giving up 17 points a game or whatever, Denver Broncos cannot guard a tight end to save their life. And it's been like that for years. And that just comes down, in my opinion, you know, hey, look, you know, I love Josie Jewell. You know, I, I like he's a hard worker. They haven't had those elite guys that can do a good job and cover tight ends. They've had to do it by hook and crook. A Joku, if I'm if I'm Stefanski, he's getting a big dosage. I think he had some good catches against Pittsburgh last weekend as well, too. Had some big drops, too, which he addressed. Huh. 
Well, I think he's going to get a heavy dosage Sunday because Denver, that's the one weak link that this defense is covering tight ends. And if you're looking at when you're looking at their receiving core, I mean, Amari Cooper's that one. But Patrick's going to cancel some of that out. Maybe not all, but some of that out. What do you got? Uh, the wide receiver is Jordan Addison, their first uh, first round yeah. pick guy, but it was really Hawkinson uh-huh. um, yeah. that made the difference uh, yeah. for Minnesota's offense. And it's the same it's the same story on the other side. Cleveland can't defend the tight end either. Going into mm. the Baltimore week, and it was all uh, like I said, it's Mark Andrews, and it was and it was Gus Edwards, and who were the two guys that really hurt Cleveland that day? Uh, Mitchell had the one big run, but it, outside of that, it was tight. Uh, Mark Andrews with that tight end uh, with a touchdown catch, and then it was Gus Edwards throughout the rest of the day, and they were able to limit the run. Um, so look for both guys, uh, you know, well, I'm, I'm rather on both sides of the ball to, to go ahead and get the, the the tight ends to get the heavy dosage. But uh, Denver should get this one, man. The way excuse that me, Denver should get this one. Oh no, I ain't gonna let you do that. No, it's, well, based on what. I, the fact is that you're playing a rookie quarterback. The way that the defense is playing, the turnovers, the turnover battle is exactly what is going to is exactly what is going to get this one. Um, Cleveland has not won, did not win the turnover battle against Pittsburgh. Um, they're playing a better caliber quarterback than against Pittsburgh. Yes, I'm being honest. I'm keeping okay. it real. Okay, Jonas. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not wearing I'm gonna brown recall, and orange right now. I'm going to recall something. Look, I, I look at this as a 50-50 game. I told you, out of the remaining schedules of Denver's games, the, and I said this before the Minnesota game, the only game that I look on there that's not winnable, I mean, they could use, lose out lose the rest of them. I mean, eventually they're going to lose again. They ain't going to run the table the regular season. It's not going to happen. But the reality of it is, is that I said the only remaining game on the schedule that I thought that was not a win win game for them just content was the Detroit game. So I'm not I'm not looking at you because like oh my God you think Denver can win it. It's the fact that I asked you because because I want to ask because your change of course you probably changed with Denver because when we were talking about the Deshaun Watson and this was all fair but when we were talking about the Deshaun Watson and his injury before he had the MR you said well you could maybe kind of bring him back. Or hold him out depending on how Denver looks in that week. So you once had this game as one of those games like, well, I mean, if we had Deshaun, this is before we knew Deshaun Watts was going to be done for the year. But you looked at it like, well, this is a game that if we could go with a DTR or either thing. So your view with Denver has changed since then looking no, at the Go back to the actual conversation. Mm-hmm. All right. And it was about sitting Deshaun Watson out through the Colts, through the Seahawks. But you need to have Deshaun back for those divisional games against the Ravens, against the Steelers. So it was about having the warm-up games against the Seahawks and against the Colts. Because okay. you want them there for, for, for Denver. Now, of course, at the, we, you, at that same time that we, I was having that, that statement, all right, talking about how you project and, and bring Deshaun back into the fold, what? it's the same time you were having a fire sale on your sideline. Well, okay. I was having so a f- so yeah, so, so let's be transparent about that and yeah. go to the actual moment. Yeah. And the fact is, the the yes, the Broncos have turned things around since then. The Browns are sitting with with a with a, a rookie quarterback now instead of a Deshaun Watson conversation at that point. And, and it, if you would have lost against Pittsburgh, then yes, this game would be more important. Deshaun would definitely have to play. But it was about Deshaun get when you right. work Deshaun back. That was the okay. statement. 
and it was not about waiting until okay. Denver. Right. It was about having it for the well, no. For I the just Ravens asked you, Steelers. I just asked you not just what you said or holding account of what you said. I was asking if you've done a one eighty on Denver because before no, that it I, wasn't I, the again, thing. I, you and, and I again, had debates on I'm the gonna, air and off the air right. about the fact that I believe you were ready for a fire sale. I didn't believe that it, it was as dire. But a situation. why was I ready for a fire sale though? And I still stand by that because regardless because you whether want they the went right, whether they went seven in a row. Eight in a row, wild card team. I want a stud, a young quarterback to be groomed under Peyton. And you usually don't get those in the 20. But at the end of the day, what radio guy wants, what fanboy wants, it doesn't matter. These guys are fighting for their jobs or whatever. But I also, like I told Casey Robb yesterday, I also, through all that, never gave up on Sean Peyton. It didn't say he was washed. And number two, want a winning culture back in Denver. Denver doesn't play for division titles, man. They don't play for wild cards. They play for Super Bowls, at least if you're grown up in Meyer. I know I'm not as old as Bronco 60. He keeps reminding me, but it is the reality. So let me get this straight. So you're basing Denver should win this game off. Because remember, Denver's offense ain't light nothing up. Cleveland has still got the number one defense in the league. So you think that this game is winnable for Denver. Denver should win this game because you're assuming that y'all are going to just turn the ball over? I assume that the defense for the Denver Broncos should be able to turn over Dorian Thompson Robinson out there in his sec in his technically third career start because the the Browns aren't putting up offensive points either. Yeah, but the reason why I don't think that's, that's gonna why be- you, that's why you look at that under and you're like all day. But the reason why I don't think that's going to be a factor either, Jonas, is because Denver is having a hard time, which Minnesota showed, to stop in the run also. So I think Ford and when you and when Cleveland Brown fans struggled last week too, talk about like don't we're not a passer team, we're a running team. This is a this ain't a game Denver should win. This is a 50-50 game. You can't tell like Denver's got the 30. There is no way on earth that Russell Wilson the the hall the Hall of Fame career that you're still balloting for him. That a Hall of Famer on one sideline with a solid defense. Vance Joseph, I, I, I again, I, I, I thought Vance Joseph should be gone. You've come in the last four weeks singing his praises. Because you got to. I mean, uh, hell, I was calling for his job, then, too. Then sing his praises against a rookie quarterback. There, there's a reason, and a legit reason, why I'm sitting here and saying that there's no reason why the Browns should win this Sunday. No reason. I, I, I can't. I, I, I don't. I disagree. We're going to agree to disagree on that. We're, look at this. We're arguing about what team should win. He's saying Denver win. I, I'm not going to sit there and say – Denver's got the 32th ranked defense, regardless of where they're in the last stretch. Cleveland's got the number one overall defense. And again, Denver has scored two touchdowns in the last eight quarters. I could probably, if I go back to that third game and I'm missing, it's probably even that. But two two touchdowns. And they ain't no Cleveland Brown defense. And what the hell? Who's what? Miles Garrett just not gonna show up Sunday? This ain't tennis, man. Don't give me this rookie court. Like, no, that's a 50-50 game. I ain't let you off the hook that easy. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting for the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spin the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. 
a dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 